You are listening to Jesus is Better, a podcast series presented by Church on Mill, where we discover in a momentary trial the eternal truth that Jesus is better. Hi, Church on Mill. Welcome to another Jesus is Better, the podcast. Excited to have today our very own Maddie Remus. <laughs> Hi, guys. How's it going, Maddie? Pretty good. Good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, summer's upon us. That changes your life dramatically. It really does. What do you guys do in the summer on the collegiate side of the staff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a lot of college students go home, and so our ministry is kind of less people focused Uh on like the students although we do some stuff but we mainly focus on um, connecting with our ministry partners so we raise funds in order to do the work that we do so we spend a lot of time working on that kind of stuff so great so what does that look like in a typical week Mm -hmm. it looks like sending a lot of emails sending text messages trying to set up appointments with people um, meeting with people to just share the vision of what we do and then yeah. inviting them to to join us. Yeah. So Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're listening and you, you are not familiar with all the details of how that works, uh, look up Maddie or Brandon or Eric or Shing or Isabel, and they would love to tell you more. Um, essentially, we've created a missions agency, if you will, within our own church. And it has to be funded from outside the church or it could never come anywhere close to the the size and emphasis it needs to be. So um, everybody on that side of the staff uh, gets to eat because people mainly from outside the body give. But it might be that you're in the church and you'd also like to contribute. They would love that. So uh, ask one of them about it. They'd love to tell you more. But we're here today to talk about what? Peace and joy. Okay. (laughs) Peace and joy. Those are great topics. Yeah. We've been uh, working our way through various issues, trying to see uh, both how we can grow in Christ and then how we can be more equipped to talk to people who have yet to come to Christ. So thinking today about peace and joy, Maddie, do you think peace and joy are real things? (laughs) They seem rather elusive, don't they? They do seem elusive, but I think that they're real based on how much people try to talk about them. <laughs> so oh, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little more about that. Yeah. And so I think that, so I looked up in the Bible at least how much it, like the Bible talks about peace and joy. And it's like hundreds of times that huh. these terms like come up, okay. like all over the Bible. And I did Google searching too. And there is like lots and lots of blogs and articles mm. about how you can have peace and joy. Yeah. And so I think this is something that comes up in the church and also in the world. Yeah. Like, I think that they're real, even if they're hard to find. Yeah. <laughs> it uh, seems like everyone has some methodology through which to find them. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think it tells us that all the methods are different and there's so many of them? It, I think it means that it's what people really want hmm. to some degree. And so if there's so many methods and everything like that, then it means that a lot of people are searching for these things. Hmm. But maybe because there's so many methods, those methods come up short. Hmm. So Well put. Yeah, yeah that's insightful. Um, do you think that people see them, define them in the same way? I don't think so. Okay. 
Um, maybe if we think a little bit how maybe the culture of the world would talk about peace and joy, I'd be sure. curious your thoughts on this too. When I was doing my Google searching, when I was looking at peace, it seems like a lot of the way that people talk about peace is peace with yourself. Mm. And so like this inner sense of confidence, comfortability with just who I am and therefore having peace as a result of knowing who I am by looking within. Mm. As for joy, when I was looking that up, it seems like a lot of people talk about that as if it's something you have to choose for yourself. Huh. And you can have joy in lots of different things, but you just have to choose what your particular joy is. Hmm. I'm curious though, like when you, I mean, you're a pastor, you talk to lots of people, how do you think people conceive of peace and joy? Um, th those, I wouldn't have used those exact terms or, mm -hmm. or ways of describing it, but I think you're mm -hmm. exactly right. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, peace would be generally thought of as m maybe um, how to be calm in relationship with other people. Mm -hmm. um, but, but more than that, how to feel comfortable in my own skin. Mm -hmm. And joy would be, yeah, I'm, I'm happy in whatever I want to be happy in. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's the goal in life. Um, mm -hmm. Interestingly, there's elements of truth in all of that. It's mm -hmm. not that it's all ill-conceived, um, mm -hmm. but maybe the means to get there. Um, and those are too myopic. Those are short-sighted ways of, of thinking about. But it's not that it's all bad, certainly. Mm -hmm. And that's the way it is with most things. Mm -hmm. So yeah. um, do you think we can find peace and joy without God? Why or why not? Yeah, I think that's a good question. I think to some degree you can, but I don't think it's lasting or I don't think it's godly peace or godly joy. Okay. Um, and so a lot of people are trying to find those things in relationship with other people, um, in their sexuality, mm -hmm. um, in money, in their career. Um, and I think that you find that temporarily maybe but I think that you find that those things can't give you lasting peace or lasting joy. Um, so, and maybe those types of peace and joy are copies of something that's hmm. really only found hmm. like in God. Hmm. I guess, Chuck, I'm curious how you would answer your own question to me. How are those things copies? <laughs> um, the, the, I, I liked your way of phrasing it. Yeah. Um, the, the image that comes to my mind is that uh, they're the, the crumbs that have fallen from mm -hmm. the feast. Mm -hmm. And so you can enjoy little bits of them, mm -hmm. but you're not getting the real thing. Yeah. Uh, and so the real thing can only come through Christ. Mm -hmm. So the reason we're not at peace within ourselves apart from God is because we're not at peace with God. Mm -hmm. And if we've been created for peace with God and to be in relationship with him, and to mirror something of who he is, then I'm never going to be uh, able to sit down on the inside with myself mm -hmm. unless I've been made right with him and mm -hmm. I'm at peace with him. Mm -hmm. And so um, I can find elements of things that in some way align me in some tiny sliver with um, what it would look like what are some of the results of being mm -hmm. at peace with God? Mm -hmm. um, but I, I can't have the substance. I'm not getting the mm -hmm. entree, if mm -hmm. we can put it that way. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, so this is a huge, huge issue. Um, and as you said, it comes up all over the Bible. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, maybe we could think 
uh, now that we're kind of into thinking about the gospel itself, mm-hmm. um, are, are peace and joy um, the gospel? Are they part of the gospel? Do they come from the gospel? What, what do you see as the relationship there mm-hmm. with the message of the gospel and peace and joy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if we could look at a passage, okay. if we went to Luke chapter 2, I Great. think that you see this idea of gospel tied with these ideas of joy and peace. Awesome. Um, would it be weird to read that Not passage? At all. Okay. <laughs> Reading the Bible is never weird, Maddie. Yeah, <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> um, so if we look in Luke chapter 2, um, funny enough, in the story of the birth of Jesus, mm-hmm. I think this comes up mm-hmm. in the beginning. So Luke chapter 2, verse 8, I'll start reading there. It says, in, in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. Hmm. Interesting that fear comes up hmm. in this passage, mm-hmm. that the, the shepherds are feeling not peace and joy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it says, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news, or a gospel, of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, mm-hmm. who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was the angel, with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Mm -hmm. So you hear good news, joy, and peace all like tied together. So what's the relationship between those? Uh Um, So the message, the gospel, or the good news is for our joy. And the message is that God has declared peace with mankind. Okay. <laughs> um, there's like this this message of peace that God is bringing. And it's not that everyone has peace with God now that Jesus has been born, but now that there's a, there's a way to have peace with God mm-hmm. through the Savior, yeah. through um, Him reconciling us to God. Yeah, amen. Yeah. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So it's not that Christians have kind of co-opted what, the world mm-hmm. is looking for and and we're using God to try to describe uh, a, a means to an end mm-hmm. but that those are uh, part and parcel of what the gospel brings about mm-hmm. yeah that's cool yeah. really cool um, so it, 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 then a Christian we might say is someone who has been made at peace with God uh, because of the life death and resurrection of Jesus do you think mm-hmm. that's true yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So then if, if let's say I'm a believer, but I often, if I'm honest, uh, don't feel very at peace mm-hmm. and I lack joy. Mm-hmm. Does that mean uh, I'm not really a Christian? I mean, what's the deal there? Mm-hmm. I think that's why like the reaction of the shepherds is so helpful hmm. in this passage. Their initial... Granted, their response is they're fearing because they're in the presence of these angels. Uh-huh. It's like a, a, a proper response. Yeah. Um, but I doubt that they felt very peaceful <laughs> when the, these angels are appearing and everything like that. So I don't think that being a Christian means that you feel peace or you feel joy all the time. Okay. I think that there's lots of examples in the scripture where people didn't feel those things. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Psalms... Like all the Psalms mm-hmm. that David wrote mm-hmm. are good examples of that. Um, and so peace and joy need to be more objective than just my subjective feelings. Okay. Um, so I would say that it doesn't 
mean that you're not a Christian if you don't feel those things. But I would also say at the same time, I wouldn't encourage Christians to regularly just wallow in mm. in fear mm. and in, in despair. Mm. Like the Bible tells us also repeatedly to, to not fear, to don't be anxious. Right. Um, and so we need to we need to obey God in those things. Yeah. Um, and also the gospel offers us transformation that includes our emotions mm. too. It's not just that I think good things about God and then I just feel mm-hmm. horrible all the time. Mm-hmm. But those those thoughts about God are meant to affect my emotions mm-hmm. so that I actually feel peace and joy. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that in every circumstance you're going to feel that. Like if you lose a family member or you get a cancer diagnosis yeah. or, you know, when those things happen, you shouldn't just feel peace and joy sure. <laughs> in response immediately to those things. Sure. So, yeah. 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 That's good. Um, so if, if someone is feeling like, uh, I really do believe the gospel, um, mm-hmm. and yet I'm not, I'm not really walking in the reality that I've been given peace with God mm-hmm. and therefore have a, a position such that joy ought to become my normal disposition. Mm-hmm. Um, would you give any counsel about what to do? about that mm, kind of like trying to bridge the gap between yeah. what we believe and then exactly. how we live yep. yeah i think um maybe another passage that's helpful is um philippians chapter four okay i think that those like terms like joy and peace come up again yep, yep. um it's the passage that says do not be anxious but um in everything by prayer and supplication make your requests be made known to god and so i think one practical way and it's the answer to everything. It's like to pray. <laughs> I know it sounds maybe simplistic or maybe the answer we don't want to hear. Um, but when we, when we pray, like God transforms us as we pray and it helps us rehearse the gospel mm-hmm. and actually apply the gospel as we pray. Um, and so um, that's like one practical thing I would say, particularly with regard to like anxiety and fear. Something I, I was actually thinking about with this verse, I think all, all of us say, like, I do pray, but do you pray about the things you think God wants to hear? Or, like, mm. are you actually praying about the things that are, like, making you fearful or anxious? That's good. That's good. I think I find myself praying about the things that I think God wants from me, mm. or, like, holy, godly things. Mm. But the things that are actually stressing me out maybe seem immature, mm. or they seem silly, <laughs> or, like, like, they don't matter to him. But then I'm not going to experience like the blessing of yeah. like peace if I don't actually share with God the things that are making me stressed uh-huh. out or anxious. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, makes me think in that passage, um, the word for that if if we cast our cares or anxieties upon God, that mm-hmm. He will um, guard our hearts and minds. The, yeah. the word "guard" in the Greek New Testament was the word used for. Um, a soldier that would stand in front of something important. Mm-hmm. And so the, the picture is that God will send his soldier of peace, if mm-hmm. you will, to protect our minds and our hearts. Mm-hmm. And um, certainly some people uh, are more prone to the temptation mm-hmm. to not stand in the peace they've been given and to, to be more melancholy or lack joy. So other people are more prone to lust. There's, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's just we're not all wired in exactly the same way. But um, 
seems like more and more and more people are wrestling with uh, with anxiety, so with a mm -hmm. lack of peace and joy. Mm -hmm. um, and so that image of prayer, when we pray about what's actually going on, <laughs> as mm -hmm. you said, and God is remaking, then uh, reminding us of truth. And mm -hmm. we it's not like you flip a switch and, and then mm -hmm. you've got it and it sticks forever. Mm -hmm. But as we begin to appropriate and experience more and more peace and joy, then God, God does set that soldier of peace mm -hmm. there. It can be really remarkable. Yeah. But if you look back over church history, uh, some of the people the Lord has used the most have been people who struggled intensely mm -hmm. to actually, in a lasting way, have peace and joy. Mm -hmm. And the fight for them to live in what the gospel provided them, mm -hmm. um, we, we stand in uh, the benefit of. You know, so many hymns are written about that, uh, mm -hmm. that were written in struggle, for example. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, this is not a modern problem. We've 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 wrestled with it a long time. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. uh, how do you think we can apply gospel truth um, beyond prayer? Are there mm -hmm. other ways? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that um, this idea I mentioned, like rehearsing the gospel, but really coming to believe that the gospel is actually practical, like to my life, and applying it and rehearsing it. Okay, if that makes sense. Um, uh, a, a while ago when um, I went through like a really like hard season of both like anxiety and depression mm -hmm. um, essentially what had happened was I had come to idolize a relationship and in that idolizing I was like really robbed of peace and joy mm -hmm. um, and I felt like the things that normally made me really happy I wasn't happy mm -hmm. with and I just I did not know like how I could actually feel like good <laughs> again yeah. um, and this idea of like rehearsing the gospel maybe sounds unhelpful but in that in the in that season what I had to do was say to myself do I actually believe the truths like that I, I say that I believe hmm. um, and I actually had to learn to sit down in those things yeah. in ways that I hadn't before because I felt very stripped um, of of like my joy yeah. <laughs> um, and so I think it's hard and I don't think it's something that like happens like overnight so maybe this doesn't feel very practical but like just saying like do I really believe that like I am reconciled to God and therefore my greatest need has been met mm -hmm. and therefore I can sit down mm -hmm. even if mm -hmm. everything around me feels bad right mm -hmm. now um, do I really believe that like God loves me as much as he says? Do I really believe he's paid for all of my sin? Because mm. if that's actually true, then like I have all my greatest needs met right mm -hmm. now. And so I think like for if someone's listening that's like going through like a season like that, I would just like encourage you like that's like a gift from God, <laughs> even though it doesn't feel like it's a gift. And it's an opportunity to really learn to sit down in like those truths mm. that maybe you've believed your whole life but like you, you just haven't actually sat down in before. Yeah, yeah. that's um, helpful. Thank mm -hmm. you for uh, letting us in and mm -hmm. to hear a little bit of that. Why would you call it a gift? The, the gift of feeling <laughs> like bad? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I know that sounds probably really masochistic <laughs> and makes God sound to be like really bad. Big but word, Maddie. I know. Yeah. I think Josh Bond is rubbing off on me a little bit. <laughs> he likes to use big words. Um, I think it's a gift from God because ultimately um, when he leads us through those seasons and he strips us of those things, he the only thing left then to cling to is himself. And I think that that is the purpose that like we're made for is relationship to him and to be fully satisfied in him. And so when all of those, all of these worldly or lesser things that we find joy in are taken away, then we find that God is our greatest joy and our, like our ultimate hope and everything. And so it's a gift to actually be able to live that. <laughs> like even now that I'm past that season, I find my, my heart clinging to like the like those lesser yeah. things again at times. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, not that I want to feel that way again, but it was such a gift to like really realize that God is all that I have and all that I need yeah. in those moments. Yeah. Well said, really, really mm-hmm. well said. Um, speaking of big words, there are theological categories for all these things that mm-hmm. you know if people were to pick up a what's called systematic theology as mm-hmm. you know so a, a big thick book that would help us unpack uh, in nuance and and detail and mm-hmm. full color what exactly brings about this peace and joy mm-hmm. um, can you think of any of those words that might be helpful for people to at least be familiar with so that when they read their Bibles and come across them, they know what they mean? Yeah. The two terms that come to mind, maybe, hopefully these are the ones that you're thinking of. (laughs) We'll see what happens here. Um, The word propitiation. Okay. And then the word penal substitutionary atonement. There's three words. (laughs) Awesome. That's a lot of words. That is a lot of words. one you surprised me with a little bit. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Hmm. So, okay, what's the first one mean? Propitiation. Um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, not super brushed up on this, but it means that like this idea of taking away God's wrath or okay. like appeasing God's wrath. Yep. Um, and so when Jesus died, what he did was God poured out his wrath on Jesus and thereby taking the, away the wrath or yeah. appeasing God's wrath so it doesn't fall on us. Right. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you'll see that a lot uh, in Romans, for example, mm-hmm. that... Um, Jesus is our propitiation, mm-hmm. um, also in First John. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're exactly right. Um, mm-hmm. It's that we, uh, before we're in Christ, we're at war with God. Mm-hmm. And we're at war because we've declared war in our mm-hmm. sin. And God's holy, and so he must resist that which is sinful. Mm-hmm. And so we're born in a state of being alienated from God and then we make tons of decisions over and over and over and over Mm -hmm. again to fight him Mm -hmm. instead of to believe him and that puts us in a position such that we don't have peace with God Mm -hmm. so Jesus's death is the he is the wrath taker Mm -hmm. Um, so we use the word appease in normal life everyday Mm -hmm. vernacular like it's a negative thing oh I'm just Mm -hmm. appeasing you but, but as you mentioned that word, it, it doesn't mean that. It means that God's satisfied with mm-hmm. the death of Christ. So yeah. um, the other phrase you used is big, even bigger and scarier. What in the heck does that mean? Yeah. Penal substitutionary atonement. So a, a lot of phrase. people will talk about that. The, all the nerdy theological dorks will just call it PSA. 
Oh yeah. Yep. PSA. Hmm. So you can you can refer Public to Public service announcements. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what what is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the uh, is related to propitiation uh-huh. yep. certainly, um, and a lot of people don't like it <laughs> because. I think that they think makes God to be out like a child abuser, but it's this idea that um, that Jesus, that God poured out His wrath on Jesus, and Jesus was a substitute, like for us, and so there needed to be like a payment, like Jesus had to take that in mm-hmm. order for our sins to be atoned for. Yeah, I'm curious what you would add to that. Yeah, <laughs> um, you're you've you've gotten it. So okay. I mean, we we could color in some more detail but yeah but you've you've gotten it so mm-hmm. the word atonement means to cover mm-hmm. so uh substitution means that jesus took our place mm-hmm. and um the word penal in this sense means that god uh jesus took our punishment mm-hmm. that that he um uh, he was the substitute that covered over our sins because he took the judgment that we deserve mm-hmm. um yeah, and you're right. There are some uh, some liberal scholarship that mm-hmm. would reject that idea, mm-hmm. um, but it, there's no gospel apart from it. Right. The very heart of the gospel is substitution, mm-hmm. um, and uh, the fact that God loved us enough to come up with a plan through which to take that upon Himself. Mm-hmm. So His law is good and right. We broke it, but yet He was willing to take the consequences of that. That's that's the only way we even know what love is. Mm-hmm. So, how do those things relate to the everyday experience of peace and joy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think now that God has taken our place, like Jesus has taken God's wrath, like you said, like we're no longer at war with God. Mm-hmm. Like we were adopted as His children, we're right. brought into His family. Yeah. Um, when God sees us, he sees Christ and like his perfect Amen. life and righteousness. And so therefore, like no matter how I might feel or what I might do or what I've done, I, I have peace like objectively because of what Christ has done for us. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Amen. yeah. Um, that's really powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, it turns out big theological words when we begin to look into them, uh, mm-hmm. actually help in everyday life. Yeah. Because just for example, um, if I am uh, a, f- a few weeks ago, I was in the line at uh, Chick-fil-A and that line is ridiculously long. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I was in the drive through line and uh, Mike was with me and the, the there was people trying to turn into the parking lot from both mm-hmm. north and south. Mm-hmm. And so I waited for the person on the north side to go first. And mm-hmm. then I went. But the person that was behind that person then pulled in behind me and was very unhappy with me. So she 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 was yelling and cursing and, and hollering at me a mm. lot. And my initial instinct reaction to that was not positive. Um, but we, we talked a little bit. And then um, she was just convinced that I had cut in front of her. And so in that moment, that that lady who I'd never met before and I were not at peace with each other. Um, and I don't know where she is with Christ. So mm-hmm. ultimately, Christians can be fully at peace with other people who are mm-hmm. in Christ, but not with people who are not in Christ. Mm-hmm. But we are still to be peacemakers. Mm-hmm. So we're to be people who seek to 
um, to promote peace, if you will. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, at one point I, I, I got, I think, sinfully irritated. And um, I told her, I'm not moving my car until you quit yelling at me. Um, and then that just made her even angrier. And mm -hmm. I wasn't trying to make her angrier, but um, a soft answer turns away wrath. And mm -hmm. that was not a soft <laughs> answer. So um, I, I, I relented and pulled forward. And um, then it just occurred to me, um, I have absolutely no idea what she's dealing with. Mm. And uh, n normally people are not reacting in anger based on the thing that happened, but other stuff underneath. So yeah. I just was starting to process that. And then um, I thought, um, you know, who knows what she's dealing with? There, there's probably hard stuff and mm. she's clearly not at peace with herself. Mm. Um, and I need to appropriate the gospel more because that ruffled my feathers much more quickly than it should have. <laughs> mm. So um, the, when the, uh, it was actually Abby who was working there. <laughs> so when she came to the car, I said, okay, here's what we want. And then keep this card and I want you to buy whatever she gets behind me. Mm. And so we paid for her meal. And mm. then um, the, the whole world was different. And the, the lady went on and on and on about how uh, I wasn't the problem and she was so sorry yeah. and that she had had a really bad day. Mm. And it just reminds me that um, the only way I got there is, is I'm not any better than her. Mm. I mean, she, she just had to poke the bear and I came roaring out. <laughs> but, but I was reminded of the fact that um, by no action of my own, God made me at peace with him. Mm -hmm. And I don't need her, I don't need drivers behind me to be at peace with me for me to be at peace. Mm -hmm. But I had to hit some speed bumps there to be reminded of that. Mm -hmm. So there's there's ways in which this stuff actually has huge impact on everyday life. Yeah. Because the only way I was able then to extend um, an olive branch of mm -hmm. peace toward her was because I didn't need to self-justify and uh, I had I had botched up and mm -hmm. yet I was still at peace with God mm -hmm. so this stuff is just so practical you know in normal everyday life yeah so another way that I think it's practical like what you're sharing just like reminded me just working with college students a lot their their experience of their relationship with God sometimes feels like a roller coaster uh -huh, sure where they say like, oh, my relationship with God is really good right now. Yeah. Or they say my relationship with God is really bad right now. Yeah. But if we apply that, or the, the theology that we're talking about, it's actually good all the time, uh -huh. you know? Uh -huh. So like, why, why do we talk about seasons of having a bad relationship with mm. God? Um, it's because we're basing it so much on like how we feel or the things that we're doing for God right. or how consistent my devotions right. are right. or how much am I like mastering my sin rather mm -hmm. than letting it master me. Mm -hmm. But actually like no matter what season you're in, you have peace with God That's and right. perfect relationship. That's right. And I think that that would really help us because when you're in those seasons where your devotional life is struggling or like you're succumbing to temptation and things like that, you just feel too embarrassed to come to God sometimes, or you just feel like you have to do so many good things before you can come back. Yeah. yeah. But if you rested in the fact that I'm always at peace, I'm uh -huh. reconciled to him, then you can end that cycle way quicker. Amen. Just come to him yeah. because you already have peace. You don't work for that's it. That's right. Jesus did it for us. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Really, yeah. really, really well said. Yeah. 
How do we end there? Because you just crushed it. <laughs> you just slayed it. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for your time today, Maddie. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Jesus is Better. For more info, visit us at www.churchonmill.org. That's churchonmill.org.